Oklahoma and, and North Carolina and Texas, but uh, I just want you guys to know that we will be available by telephone for those after the Red River shootout. Those of that are Texas fans, if you need to call us, call us. Depending on the outcome of the game, those that are OU fans, you need to call us, call us. We will pray for you. Philippians chapter 1, I'm gonna, we're going to start with that. How many of you feel like they've kind of been in a little bit of a war? How many of you feel like that they've been kind of beat up, beat down, struck down, uh, 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 um, run through the ringer, whatever it might be? How many would, would say that's me? Well, you know, that's, uh, sometimes we go through those things. Sometimes we have some difficulties in our life. But I got some good news for you tonight. Say good news. I got some good news for you tonight because when we get a hold of this thing, when we begin to operate in this thing, I'm telling you, tonight, I believe it's going to change your life. How many of you came in here to have something change their life? Amen? Okay, well, you're going to get it. If you came expecting, you're going to get it. See, that's the thing about guest speakers. We could tell you about a guest speaker, and you come excited, ready to come in, and you begin to pull on those gifts and those talents but then there's sometimes you come in and go, oh, it's just Pastor Eric. We want you to come in just like it's a guest speaker. So I'm not sure what guest is showing up tonight to speak, but I believe it will be through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So I want us to begin to look at this. I want to, I want to talk a little bit about some principles in the, in the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, Paul was talking about to, to the, he wrote this epistle letter to the church of Philippi, and, and, and I want you to realize there's some things that Paul had gone through in his life, and things were difficult. And I believe this is a word tonight for Living Word Fellowship Church. I believe this is a word tonight for all the believers in Living Word Fellowship Church. Uh, Paul himself had gone through a very difficult time. Paul himself had, you know, when you follow Christ, it's not always fun. Come on, somebody. When you follow Christ, there are some things you not only have to give up, but there's some things that you have to go through. And as you go through those things, it'll develop character. As you go through those things, it'll develop strength. I know we don't want to go through them sometimes because it's like, man, you know, I got to, God, I'll get it. I will get it. And that's the thing that I've, I've always tried to be is teachable and say, Lord, <laughs> I'll get it. I'll try to get it the first time around. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm a male and sometimes we don't get it right away. And the ladies say, so, you know, um, you know, sometimes I've heard them say you, if, if you're a man, you got to tell you once and twice, and a thousand times more. But we're going to be teachable tonight. We're going to get into the Word of God tonight, and we're going to look at some things. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for this Word, that it will do what it's planned and purposed to do according to your Word, that it will hit the target, Lord God, that, that it will give us strength. God, I ask that tonight that we open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes, open our thoughts, our, 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 our ideas, and begin to start looking at your Word. And God, let you penetrate, let you have the very innermost being of us and begin to start just shaking and, and bringing things forth. God, let this word do what it's planned and purpose to do. Let it land on good soil tonight, fertile soil tonight. Let it be a word that will water. 
Let it be a word that will cause growth. Let it be a word that will bring forth a harvest in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to talk a little bit about a profile about a guy that many of us know. He is a hero to me. I, he's not a, a pro athlete. He's not a Fortune 500 CEO. He's not the greatest preacher on the television circuit. Come on, somebody. But he is a hero to me, and his name is, we know him by the Apostle Paul. Somebody say Paul. I want to take a little bit and just kind of give you a little bit of a profile on Paul himself. He authored 13 of the books, the the epistles, Romans through Philemon. He um, authored those. He wrote those. He was uh, Jewish. And he was named Saul. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. He was born in a Roman city. So he had a claiming to a Roman citizenship. And as you read through the Word of God, you'll see that's why they moved him to Rome, because he had to come underneath the Roman government because they thought he was a Jew. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm a citizen. I want to see Caesar. <laughs> So he uh, he was in that Roman city. Actually, the city that he was he was born raised in was Tarsus, or and, and it was it's it's where you find right now um, the southern shore of Turkey in modern day um, um, global um, the maps or whatever. He grew up in a Jewish family. He was very well trained in Jewish scripture and Jewish tradition. He was educated by Gamaliel, and he was a leading Jewish rabbi. Paul was a Pharisee. He even said that himself. He said, I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was first introduced into the book of Acts is the first place you can find him there, and that was at the the stoning of Stephen, and he was actually, his name Saul at that time. He met Jesus on the road or on his way to Damascus, persecuting Christians. He was a missionary. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten, and he was thrown in jail. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't think you have it too bad. That's not on your resume. Come on, tell your neighbor, I don't think you got it as bad as Paul. So a lot of times we look in the situations and, and, and the circumstances that we're up against, we can look, and I'm here to tell you, Paul had it a whole lot worse than any of us. So I want to talk a little bit about, in the, in the book of Philippians, I want to talk about some things tonight. I could call it the five Ps, but in Spanish it doesn't work. How many of y'all understand that? Us English people just... In Spanish, it's not going to start with a letter P. In English, everything will start with a letter P. So we're going to call it um, God's principles in the book of Philippians. How about that? The first one that if you're taking notes, I want you to write down is we're going to look at some things that Paul was talking about to the Philippian church. And Paul had dealt with some difficult times in his life. He had, you know, he had been shipwrecked. He had been beaten. He had been left out on the sea and, you know, he treaded water and, and they, they, uh, you know, there were times where I know he was left for dead, but he kept coming through. I mean, I guess modern day vernacular might say that he was kind of like the Energizer Bunny. He just kept going and going and going. Another thing might have been that Timex watch that just takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you now. 
Because you've been taking a licking and you're keeping on ticking. And the church in Philippi had been taking a licking and they were keeping on ticking. And Paul wanted to continue to remind them of some things. Philippians chapter 1. I don't know as if I've got the scripture if you're looking for it. I want to read verses 1 through 7. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who were in Philippi including the overseers and the deacons. See, Paul is talking to the church who was there, talking to the leadership in the church, the overseers, the deacons. And he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God and, I, and, and, and all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with you or with joy, from every prayer of you and all in view of your precipitation, per, per, help me, participation, in view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. So this church was participating in the gospel, which means what? What does the word gospel mean? Everybody? Okay, I just, we've been teaching on it for a couple months, and I just want to make sure we were there. He says, for your participation in the good news from the first day until now, verse 6, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began, this is you, who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. For it's only right for me to feel this way about you all because I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment and my defense and my confirmation of the gospel, the good news, you all are partakers of this grace with me. Now, being a partaker, this is where you come in. That word partaker, you can begin to look at it, and it also means partner. So the very first thing that I want you to realize and understand is that we can partner with God. We can partner with each other in this church. We can partner with each other in this ministry. You know, and I've had some preachers say, well, you know, you know you're not partnering with God. God's God, you know. Now, how many of you know that, that when you become born again, his spirit moves on the inside of you, and in 1 Corinthians he says you become one with him in spirit. God can do certain things, but how many of you know sovereign, sovereignly he can do certain things, but if you don't want to receive anything tonight, you can get that. No matter what God wants to do in your life, if you don't submit yourself to him, you won't be able to receive everything that God has for you. It talks about the submission of that. So look at verse 7. And he basically says that all of you share in God's grace with me. See, if you're born again, then you're a partner. Say partner. You're a partner. We're a partner with that. So Galatians chapter 4, just stay with me, Marty, if you will. Galatians chapter 4 says this. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you are an heir through God. You're no longer a slave, but you're a son. 
We've talked about that. The weosthesia of the word of God is an adoption as a son. And when somebody adopts somebody, when that adoption takes place, it is as legal, and I've had some lawyers tell me that it's even more legal than a biological birth. Oh, come on, are you hearing me tonight? Because we're partners with God, we're sons, we're daughters of God, we're citizens right in the kingdom of God, we are operating in the things of God, and the Bible tells us that we're an heir through God. How many of you are expecting some sort of inheritance if your, 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 your mom or dad pass away? Anybody? Well, all I know is that when Jesus passed away, I received an inheritance. Come on, somebody. In order to receive an inheritance, you have to die. If a person's not classified dead, you're not going to receive an inheritance. Did you raise your hand when you said you're going to receive an inheritance when your daddy dies? Okay, I just... I just want to make sure. Romans chapter 8. You probably won't be able to stay up with me today, but just stay in Philippians, all right? We stay in Philippians. Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17 says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. So we are heirs with God. God and fellow heirs, or I think one of the King James versions says joint heirs with Jesus, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. So we need to partner with God. According to this scripture that we read in in chapter 1, verse 7, that there has to be a partnership with God. The second thing that I want us to look at tonight in the book of Philippians is there's a purpose. Say purpose. Let's take a look at that. There's a purpose. And and look at verse 21, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. And Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I, I wish we could all have that purpose that whether we live It's going to be living in Christ Jesus, and if we die, we're going to gain life with Christ Jesus. Are you with me? See, Paul's whole purpose for life was to live for Christ, to speak boldly about the gospel of the kingdom, to become more like him so he could advance the kingdom of God in the earth. That's what what his whole life was about. It wasn't about anything else other than that. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Let me read them to you. You're very familiar with this. We've hit this scripture two or three different times over the last few weeks. And Jesus came up and he spoke to them and he said, All authority, say authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, a teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This was the command for all those that know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Is there not a purpose? What's the purpose that we have? Many of us have asked, why are we here? What is our purpose? Let's take a look at Romans eight twenty eight. 
For we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God. And what? To those who are called according to his purpose. I want to point out something to you when you read the scriptures. I want you to look at capitalization. Do you see that word his? Is it a little h or a big h? It's not refer it is referring to Jesus Christ. Okay? When you see some things you need to look at the capitalization if the word is capitalized or not, I think it will help you when it talks about the spirit. I think it'll help you when it talks about him or his that it's capitalized. So we are called according to whose purpose? His purpose and his or he is Jesus. So we're called according to whose purpose? We're called according to whose purpose? I don't know, but whose purpose are you called for? See, a lot of times we think it's our purpose. We think it's our ministry. We think it's our things. We think it's our desires and our wants and our dreams. And he says, you're called according to his purpose. But when I've got these purposes, I've got these plans, I've got these things, I think the word of God says you're called according to his purpose. Your purpose should be his purpose. Come on. His purpose should be your purpose. See, a lot of times we'll go and do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, and say, God bless it. And God says, that wasn't the purpose that I called you for. I've called you for my purposes. And now we line up our purposes with his purposes, and we can receive the blessing of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Somebody say amen. So Paul was talking about he had been through some difficult times. He had gone through some difficult things. And he began to, he began to speak to, this, to the church, to the overseers, to the deacons. And he began to talk to them. And he, he began to share those things with them. And he said they are called for a purpose. He, we need to partner with them. We need to partner with the things of God. We need to be here and available for God's purposes. That's why we're here on the earth for God's purposes, not just to take up space, not just to eat as much as you can eat or drink as much as you can drink or consume as much as you consume and then go on. We're here for his purposes. So the third thing that I want to give to you out of the book of Philippians, and we're going to look at some scriptures tonight, is a pattern. How many of you know we need to have a pattern I don't know. I don't do a whole lot of sewing, but my mother used to sew tremendously, and she was a great uh, seamstress, and she would have a pattern. She would go buy these. I just saw whole boxes of them and cabinets full of them, and they were, they were patterns, and she'd pull them out, and that's how she would, you know, they would pin them on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? She'd pin them on the material, and then they'd cut along the material, and that had tabs where there were supposed to be tabs, and, you know, I'm... I don't know if that's even called a tab. Is that a called a tab in sewing? You know, the, the little guys know what I'm talking about. There's a tab that's there. And anyway, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let's get back to the word. Paul is telling them, and if you get a chance, read chapter 2, but he's telling them to, to be like Christ. And verse 5, he says, have this attitude. Say attitude. Have this attitude. In yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. See, there's a pattern. In other words, if we see no evil, we hear no evil, 
We speak no evil. We do no evil. If we see no evil, we hear no evil, we speak no evil, we can do no evil. Come on. Do do you understand? He says, I want you to have a pattern. I'm going to give you a pattern, and it's like Jesus Christ and his attitude If you read through Philippians, and I want to encourage you the next couple of days to read through it, you're going to begin to see the attitude that Christ had. And we're going to touch on some of it tonight because Paul was saying there is a pattern for you to look at. If you want to know how to be like Christ, then get into this. Here is a pattern, and this is what I want you to pattern yourself after. And in in this letter, he continued to write about this pattern. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. If you're still there, we can flip over verse 17. It says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern, there it is, that you have in us. There is a pattern. Paul was walking and preaching and teaching the gospel of the, the kingdom of God. He was, he, healings were taking place and deliverance was taking place. There was a pattern. He was living his life as a believer, as a follower of Christ. And he says, you know what? I not only want you to have this attitude in and of yourselves that has, of like Jesus Christ, but I want you to walk according to the pattern that you've seen in us. He was talking to the overseers. He was talking to the deacons as well as he was talking to the church body. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12 says, So that you will not be sluggish but be imitators of those through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. That's like a, say faith and patience. That's like a, dynamic duo it's like batman and robin come on somebody faith and patience it's a dynamic duo it faith and patience when it works faith and patience when you put it to together the bible says that with faith and patience you will inherit the promises i mean without patience and without faith together it's kind of like having cornflakes without milk I don't know about you, but I like my milk with my cornflakes. Faith and patience. Hebrews chapter 13. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. It says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you and considered the results of their conduct. And he says, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same. We like to quote this, don't we? Maybe we need to tell people that when he was talking to the church in Philippians, when he said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he was actually talking about that he was, that he, that he was wanting the Philippian church to walk in the faith that they were seeing Paul walk in. There's consistency. Come on, somebody. Paul was walking in consistency. Paul wasn't up one day and down the next. We got this little deal we used to say, not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. We'd coach ball teams, and we'd get the kids together, and we'd, you know, not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. Not too high, not too low, just right, ready to go. Paul was very consistent. Jesus Christ was very consistent. I believe that there were, you know, how many of you know that when you go through trials and you go through tribulations, Jesus is not turning to the Father and saying, oh, what are we going to do about Nita? This just happened. 
<gasps> what are we going to do about this? Do you know, God, the Father, that the economy in the United States is getting bad? What are we going to do? Do we have a plan for that? God's got a plan. Oh, come on. God's got a plan. We, we need to continue to walk in the way and have the pattern of Jesus Christ. How do we have the pattern of Jesus Christ? My suggestion is to read the Word and then model it. James says faith without works is dead. We need to model it. We need to read about it. We need to see it. We need to get it in us. And then we need to walk it out. Remember, we need to get it in me. I got to get it in me. It's got to be in me. I got to get it in me. When I get it in me, it's got to be in me. And then I get it in me and I get it in me and I get it in me and I pray and I fast and I, I turn the other cheek and I bless those that persecute you, me, and I give and I give and it shall be And I get it in me and I get it in me and get it in me. And then all of a sudden I'm going to get to the point where when I'm tested, what's going to come out? Everything that was in us. And there it's going to show forth, and we're going to say, wow, that's it. I'm now walking in the way that God wants me to walk. Um, instead, of, instead of reacting to situations, I'm responding the way Christ would. Oh, come on. I'm responding the way Christ would. Philippians chapter 4. Look at verses 8 and 9. Chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. We need to partner with Jesus. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. We need to partner with God the Father. We need to live for His purposes. We have purpose, and it's got to be His purposes and not our purposes. But we also have to pattern our lives after Him. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9 says, Finally, brethren, I don't know if I can read this tonight. I don't think you want me to read this. I think we probably need to stop here and y'all can go home. When I read this, their accountability is going to shift to you. So I'm going to give you 10 seconds. And you can get up and leave so you're not accountable for this, all right? Everybody close your eyes because I don't want you looking over to the person next to you that just got up and walked out. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I'm glad you're still here. This is good news. See, we've got to get this. I was ministering to a, actually to a couple in Enid. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday. I was ministering to a couple in Enid yesterday, and this scripture kept coming up. Are you guys ready for this? No, I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay, it's okay. I, 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 you probably are not ready for this. Turn to your neighbor and ask him if they're ready. Are you ready? Okay. It's just so good. I could probably go back up and just read some other things. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report or repute, I think that says, 
If there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell, meaning think on, meditate on, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Worry is not of God. But you don't know, man, the economy is, is bad. I mean, they got debates going on and they, they have people saying all sorts of stuff and people talking about people and people correcting people and all sorts of stuff's going on. And he is telling the church, and I'm telling this church tonight, that we need to, whatever's true, we need to, whatever is honorable, we need to, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, we need to. Are you with me? You need, you need to. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking about you now. Come on, I want to make it clear I'm talking about you now. Because this is the deal. We've got to focus our mind. Paul says, if I set my mind on things of the flesh, I'll have what the flesh desires. And the flesh does not desire these things. The spirit desires these things. So I have to make a conscious effort to change the way that I think, to change my belief system, then when things just don't go right and I have a bad week or I just don't feel that good, you don't concentrate on how you feel. You concentrate on how the Word of God says and anything good, anything lovely, anything true, anything excellent, anything worthy of praise, we think on these things. Oh, hallelujah. We got to shift the way we think. We got to shift the way we, we begin to start perceiving things and say, God, I want to perceive them through your eyes. How can we begin to move forward and advance the kingdom of God in the earth if we see somebody by the flesh? The Bible says, I no longer am going to see you by the flesh. We can say that's right, that's good, that's wonderful, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. So Paul is saying, and I am saying today to the church at Living Word Fellowship, we're going to think on these things. That's what we're going to begin to focus our mind on. That's the things that we're going to stand forth. We're going to begin to keep uh, no records of wrongs. Come on, somebody. Can I get a hallelujah? Maybe an oh my, oh me. I don't know, whatever it might be. Let me give you the fourth thing. Not only do we have to pattern our lives after him, you want to see a pattern. Let's live in that scripture for a while. Let's hang out in that scripture for a while. Can we do that? It was one time I was challenged by Jerry Brace to hang out in Ephesians 4.29. You can look it up, write it down, look it up later. I know it by heart, but I'm gonna let, I want you to look it up. So the fourth thing is power. Say power. Whoo, doggies. So if we partner with Jesus, if we live for his purposes, if we pattern our lives after him, guess what you can operate in? You can begin to operate in the power. Somebody say power. Come on, say power. Come on, shout power. You can operate in the power of God. Remember, we started talking about that word. 
Are we talking about dunamis power? We're talking about dunamis power. Are we talking about, uh, we'll get into that, the exousia, the authority, we're going to get into that. Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 14, or 13. (laughs) Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. My Bible has it capitalized. Again, it's capitalized him. Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. See, we're learning how to read the word. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's with Christ in us where we have the power to change our lives. Oh, come on, somebody. It's with Christ in us that we have the power to overcome sickness. It's it, Christ within us that we have the power to overcome disease. It's Christ within us that we have the power to overcome poverty. We have the power to overcome jealousy. We have the power to overcome gossip. We have the power to overcome verbal abuse. We have the power to overcome physical abuse. We have the power to be able to overcome immorality. We have the power to overcome depression and oppression and and all these different things. Discouragement. And the body of Christ sometimes is going through those things. It's in Christ that we have the power to overcome alcohol and, and drug abuse. It's in the power of God that we have to be able to overcome all those things. You can't do it outside of God. You've tried it over and over and over again. You gotta do it inside of Christ and it's in that power that you operate in. Somebody say, I got some power. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you got, I got some power. I mean, you might be able to stand up and get some, you know, and pump some weights and all these other things, but it's inside of Christ that you're going to have the power to overcome those things. Say, I have the power to forgive. I have the power to release others. I have the power to bless others. I have the power to be healed of broken relationships. Oh, I have the power to be healed of broken relationships. I have the power to overcome all things, all things, all things. I have the power to walk in victory. See, that's the thing. You, you may have to stand at the mirror, and you may have to tell yourself over and over again that I got the power. I can get over these things. I can get through these things. And something that's kept you back from 20 years ago, release it and get it under the blood of Jesus Christ because you got the power to release forgiveness. You got the power to walk in a new way. You got the power to step out of the past and begin to walk in your future. It don't matter what kind of past that you got. You got the power to get up from where you are and begin to walk toward the things of God and operate in the attitude that Christ has, that we should have the same attitude that he has in Christ Jesus. Oh, somebody needs to give a shout out, praise or something in this house. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you better watch out. I got power. You got power. You got, you got power. You know what? You just don't know you got power. You just don't know. The enemy's got you duped. He's got you, he's got you whooped. He's got you down. He's got you depressed and oppressed and, and pushed down. And God says, no, no, you got the power to rise up. <laughs> you got the power to rise up. I said, I said, I said, you got the power to rise up. You got the power to overcome. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. 
Say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But you got, you got the power. You got the power. You got the power. Will you fail? Failure's on the inside. You're the one that determines if it's a failure or not. Thomas Edison, I told the football team recently, I said, Thomas Edison, you know, failed a thousand times. And they called it an experiment. And he finally invented the light bulb. Many of us would probably have quit after 200 times. (laughs) Failures on the inside. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority. That is exousia, authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over just a little power of the enemy. Oh, come on. What's your Bible say? Oh, no, no. We can't really have authority over all of the power of the enemy. We, do you think we can? Do you think we can have authority over the enemy? So, no, 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 I can't have authority over the enemy. That's got to only just be God. I mean, because, you know, my family, I came from a, a family of alcoholics, and, and, and it's a family tradition. Can I break out of that? Huh? Eh? But you don't understand. I I came from a family that that we you know we just never graduated from school, let alone went to college. You mean I could go to college? No, no, you don't understand. I came from a family, and we were always from the wrong side of tracks. I mean, we invented poor. When I took a test in high school, they said, I want some association. What do you associate with a cup? And many of them said saucer, and I wrote the word table. We didn't have saucers. Whatever I set the cup on was a table. I didn't have no saucer. You mean I can break out of that? What? Look, nobody in my family's ever amounted to anything. We all don't serve God. You mean I could serve God? You mean it doesn't matter how tall I am to serve God? Are you with me? But you don't understand. I mean, all y'all in Oklahoma serve God. I was born in New York. I'm a Yankee. Yankees don't serve God, do they? I could serve God? Come on, are you with me? He says, over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. Over all the power. That word is dunamis. Over all the power of the enemy. So if I partner with God, you with me? Stay with me. If I live for his purposes, <laughs> if I pattern my life after him, if I operate in the power of God, then there's only one thing left. 
It's the prize. Anybody want the prize? Oh, come on, somebody. I mean, do you think Olympic athletes compete? Just to just say, well, you know, it's just really nice. I just wanted to be able to compete. No, they're competing to win a prize. That's number five. That's the fifth thing, prize. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. Let's look at it. Chapter 3, verse 14. I press on toward the goal for there it is, the prize to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. <laughs> what? I'm just trying to live this life and walk these things, and I'm not patterning my life after anything. In fact, I'm just patterning my life after what I see on the television. Well, then you're not going to win the prize, brothers and sisters. He says, the NIV version says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize in which God has called me. Do you know that the things we do, you will be rewarded? Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep loving. Keep giving. Keep speaking life. Keep operating in the principles and the precepts in the word of God. Let's not worry about what the world does and how they operate in it. Let's not get caught up and say, I just want to operate this way because this guy is, you know, Donald Trump. I don't know if Donald's born again or not. I, 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 I can tell you Oprah's not. I can tell you that. As of earlier today, anyway, and maybe, you know, maybe she found a relationship with God between then and now. Turn with me. First uh, Corinthians. Can we put that up? Chapter 9. Verse 24, do you now know that those who run the race all run, but only one receives the prize? <laughs> run in such a way that you may win. I, I want to tell you today, run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control <laughs> in all things. Hmm. I think we need to exercise a little more self-control than they do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. In other words, you know the Olympics was, they would put a wreath around their head and they'd, compete and they would win this wreath and that's he was it he was referring to that winning a wreath put around your head a crown he says they're doing it to to win a wreath that's perishable he said but what you're going to receive is not perishable Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and I make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Paul was talking about the principles to the church of Philippians, and he was talking about partnering with Christ. He was also talking about the purpose. And I may have that on the next slide if you can put that up. These are the five things that I want us just to look to, for you to go back and read through. He was talking to you about a pattern, and that pattern should be of Jesus Christ. 
pattern yourself after the Lord of Lord and King of Kings. We had, I remember years ago, I, I, I wore this bracelet that said, what would Jesus do? Anybody ever have that? How many of us ever did what Jesus would do? I have to tell you, there were times where I didn't. I would say, I want to do what Jesus would do, and then I'd find out what Jesus would do, and it was too hard for me to do, so I wouldn't do it. So we need to pattern ourselves after Christ. And you have the power. Say power. You've got the power. You've got the authority, exousia, to win the prize. So I want to encourage you to keep running. I want to encourage you to keep going. I want to encourage you to keep going forward. I want to encourage you to keep going after the things, things of God. Mommy's got the power to take care of that, doesn't she? Well, Daddy's got the power. Tonight, I want you to operate in the power of God. Tomorrow, I want you to operate in the power of God. I want to challenge you from now until Sunday to read the book of Philippians. I want you to see how you should model yourself after Christ. And when Paul said, imitate my faith, all he was doing, he wasn't saying, look at me, I'm Paul. He was saying, I'm trying to do the things that Christ is doing, and, and I'm looking at him, and you, look, you can look at me because I'm trying to follow him. And he was always pointing him to Jesus. Always pointing him to Jesus. Always pointing him to him. You all all right tonight? We're not quitting. We're advancing forward. We're going to operate in the principles and the precepts of the word. Is that okay? We're going to stand and we're going to forgive and we're going to bless and we're going to speak good and we're going to move forward with the things of God and we're going to think about those things that are lovely and honorable. And I want one version that says, whatever's good, whatever's honorable, whatever's of good report, think on these things. It's real easy to think on the bad things. Let's just think on the good things. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, think on the good things. Focus your mind on those good things. And when we do that, we'll have what the Spirit desires. That's being Spirit-led. That's being Spirit-minded. Amen? Stand up to.